It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Glad you're with us. And just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Hunting with Rose. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad, the draft is just around the corner. Finally. Finally. John McClain as well. He'll join us in 20 minutes. What a day for John McClain. Two days away from the Houston Texans holding that draft yeah. in their hands right now with whatever they're going to do at number two. And the newest addition to the Outkick Network and Outkick family, Charlie Arnault. She'll be with us in our number three. Chad, San Francisco, they continue to be linked to quarterback discussion going into Thursday's draft. Of course, they were linked with Aaron Rodgers, which we know is now complete. Rodgers official to the New York Jets. But... In the pre-presser prior to the drafts that general managers are, are having, John Lynch is being asked about Lamar Jackson. And the question that he took was, do you look into Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, and is that a possibility still? And his answer in response, um, well, I mean, interesting considering where they are on Trey Lance, which we'll get to in a moment. But he says, you look into everything, we seem to be linked to everything. I can tell you, I think it's how convicted we are on Brock on this current group of guys. You're not doing your job if you don't look into things. Take that for whatever you want. He goes on to say, and there's more than just Lamar. There's tremendous players, MVP-type players. We really like our guys. We like where we're at. We like our complete roster and how they fit for multiple reasons. And the discussion about Lance is interesting because Lance seems to be available in this draft. Do you agree? Yes. We, we've gone back and forth on this, though, because it seems like it could be a possibility. It also seems like Kyle Shanahan's not the type to so, just dump out on a quarterback that he traded up to draft without seeing him more in actual games. So the the Lamar talk, I think, is just whatever it's not going to happen but if you believe that they're trying to get rid of Trey Lance listen into like in the in, it's line season here is John Lynch trying to tell us that well they actually do like Trey Lance who they drafted in 2021 you know I think there's there's a lot of smoke really it hasn't been extremely active and it's not like we've put it out there that, hey, we're taking offers for trade, call 1-800, uh, you know, like it's, that's not been the process. Uh, people's job in this is to ask questions. Has that been, has that happened on a couple occasions? Sure. But um, hasn't been that sub substantive. And, and um, you know, like I said, we're focused as is Trey on his ability to compete and uh, play an integral role on this team. Last year we needed, we needed five. And so we value every single one of those guys and we're excited about our group. We really are. So that sounds like a guy who is excited about the group, but Purdy's the starter whenever he's healthy, but they don't know when he's going to be officially healthy. Meanwhile, um, Lance is supposed to be cleared soon for all football activities whenever OTAs and minicamps get rolling. But he also doesn't 
just say, yeah, we're not in on the Lamar Jackson talk. He just says we look into everything. I, I'm trying not to connect the dots and buy into the hype, but can you imagine a trade on Thursday that includes Lamar Jackson and includes Trey Lance to Baltimore? When, when you, it'd be amazing. But when you hear the quotes from John Lynch, part of me thinks he's being incredibly transparent. And the other part of me thinks, <laughs> if you just answer every question with, we've looked into everything, and we will look into everything, what are you really saying? When I first read the quotes initially about Lamar Jackson, I'm thinking, man, I really respect John Lynch for being so forthright and, and so transparent about his thoughts as an organization. And then I hear that, and then I read it again, the quotes about Lamar Jackson. I'm thinking, well, you could say this about everyone. It's like there's a formula to it. If you're a GM and you're asked a question about a potential trade or signing for another player, mm-hmm. you could answer it every time with the following. We look into every possibility to improve our football team. We've looked into that. We'll continue looking into other ones. But we also really like what we have with X player at this spot. And we really like the development that they've made. End of answer. And then you've said something, and also you've come back on it, and you really haven't said anything. Mm -hmm. So is this much ado about nothing? Or is this much ado about the 49ers are truly active in trying to upgrade at quarterback, and an upgrade at quarterback means getting rid of Trey Lance in their eyes. So, and then it's not going to be Brock Purdy. He, the, well, but they don't know when he's going to be healthy. That's yeah. the other thing. They, it's also not Sam Darnold, is what you're saying, Chad, who's got a one-year contract. Yes. Um, the other quarterback that was so, uh, Trey Lance drafted third. Zach Wilson drafted right ahead of him at number two overall by the New York Jets. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is there now. Now, there have there's been really no discussion about moving Zach Wilson like we're talking with Trey Lance because we've seen the product on the field, right? But the Jets seem to be an organization that actually wants to keep him around and try to develop him behind the scenes more because of their investment with the number two overall pick. Here is, and there's a clip that's resurfaced, Here's Zach Wilson discussing the the possibility of the Jets bringing in a veteran after the season. You said you're you said you're a competitor. So if they come to you in March and say, "Look, uh, we're going to keep you. We like you. We're going to develop you, but we're signing veteran X to be our starter." Mm-hmm. How would you feel? Yeah, I'm going to make that dude's life hell in practice every day. <laughs> you know, I'm going to I'm going to go out there and do my best uh, to just show the coaches that I deserve to be there and. You know, and it's not it's not in a negative way, it's a positive way. It's making everybody else, you know, better, hopefully, and, and you go out there and you just attack every single day. Yeah, I mean it's not gonna be fun for him. No. <laughs> uh there's only gonna be one person experiencing hell, and it's not Aaron Rodgers going through his vomito uh whatever transformation was where he basically purged himself in Costa Rica. That's the only hell that Aaron Rodgers is going through. The on football the on football filled hell will all be on Zach Wilson's side. He's not giving anyone else hell uh, in this. It's Aaron Rodgers' team. And, I mean, the real question is, is Zach Wilson ever a starter in the league? Anywhere. But isn't this like, this is the the storyline to point to for those hesitant to jump up and draft the quarterbacks on Thursday. Because you had the top three picks. Lawrence, Wilson, Lance. And we're talking about potentially trading Lance and the Jets don't even want to trade this dude because and I'm talking about Wilson now because they just went out and brought in Aaron Rodgers and 
honestly, the value on the market for Wilson's not going to be great yeah. currently. I, well, I thought about it this way, too. If Going back to the 49ers end of this mm-hmm. as well. They've inve- they've got so little invested in quarterback, even with their three guys. Sam Darnold's making four point five million money wise yes. against the cap. But so, draft picks, they have a ton invested in Lance for sure. But from a what you can spend in free agency yeah. and spend yeah. with re upping other players, you can you can the Forty Nine ers just Samuel got to like the NFC did. Championship game with Brock Purdy, and then he gets hurt in that NFC Championship game. So they may be one that's like I we like what we can build around. Trey Lance or Purdy or whoever, and we don't need to go all in on a quarterback. Meanwhile, you've got the Jets sitting there with the number two overall pick yep. on their roster, and now everything they're giving up for and going to be paying and allocating for in the salary cap for Aaron Rodgers to be the starter. But one of the first people that I thought of when this move was official was Zach Wilson. And it, it, there's there's no immediate future with the Jets unless – there's an injury to Aaron Rodgers, but I just, is there going to be a Geno Smith level second act for Zach Wilson at some point? Maybe, but there's going to have to be a lot of improvement, and it's not just on field improvement well, that he needs. How does he react behind the scenes now? That's the other key. I mean, if you're not just completely humbled at this point, then there's no humbling you. I mean, I feel like Trey Lance has handled it very well. I don't know how Wilson is handling it. But, I mean, just think about all the L's Zach Wilson took last year. I know. Not just on the field with his play. I mean, Mike White comes in and and looks like Broadway Joe Namath. But then he lost the the respect of the locker room for the comments. Lost the respect, but the the non comments of not accepting any blame. That's what I mean. He had to come back with a tail between his legs. I mean, just one after the other and apologize for that. And. You got guys doing backflips on social media when Aaron Rodgers is coming in. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, not exactly known as some quiet guy coming to the locker room <laughs> to lead and do nothing else. And, I mean, it's just one L after the other for Zach Wilson. So, I mean, I, I honestly just wonder about the guy and if, you know, if he's going to be a star, not a star, but a starter in the league again. I mean, there could be a Geno Smith level second act, but look, if if you're not a humble guy right now, if you're Zach Wilson, there's no humbling you. And this is a time for him to be quiet and humble and show up to work and be wherever the Jets tell him to be at a certain time for meetings and practice yep. and try to learn what you can from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to help him at all. Isn't going to go out his way to do anything with him or help him. But at least we don't expect him to. Observe, see what's going on, and see what you can do next and be ready if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. DeJounte Murray is uh, not going to be uh, very helpful for the Hawks. He's been suspended for the elimination game five against Boston for bumping the official. Um, he took out uh, frustrations on an NBA ref. And, I mean, the, the, the chest bump on the side, Chad, this is a no-brainer for me for what the league has to do as, as the example here with Murray. Yeah, he, we asked Dan Dockich about it yesterday, and he said he seeks him out. Watching the video right yeah, now, he's like a heat-sinking missile going after the target. It's, it's not. He walks over to him, chest bumps his shoulder, and says something to him, and then walks off the court. Just, it's no, just it doesn't really stupid. knock him off balance or anything. For those who haven't no, seen it, it's he just, just he's like it's like a, a manager. It's intentional. It's like a manager kind of you know chest bumping an umpire when they get into a, a an argument. We also it, don't know what he was stupid. saying, but again, like it, it, the the perception of that is what the league can't have. Period. 
Yeah, it's dumb. It's just it's just stupid. And we've seen some stupidity, but most of the stupidity we've seen in the NBA this playoffs has been because of anger during the game with another player. Right? There's been cheap yeah. shots made because it's yeah, the- it's players feuding. This is post game. The the final horn is blown. And- the game is over. And he's walking over and bumping the official on the way off the court. It's just dumb. Chad, I and I'm glad he got suspended. John, me too. Uh, John McClain's coming up uh, shortly. Um, back in early April, the uh, President Biden announced that he had an intention to amend Title IX to grant tra- transgender athletes the right to participate in sports uh, against competitors of the opposite gender. And Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, um, he's saying uh, absolutely not. And I think we will see more of this moving forward in regards to Title IX and the assault on women's sports. So 1972 is when Title IX came into existence. If I would have told you in 1972 of all the how progressive that was for women and equality and feminism and women's sports, if I would have told you, Hutton, that in 2023, suddenly this would be an issue on the other side of the aisle. And that it's Republicans fighting for the sanctity of women's sports and women being protected by Title IX. You probably would have thought that I was crazy for telling you that. But here we are, and it, it's pretty much Republicans that are battling now on behalf of Title IX and protecting women's sports and what it should be. So crazy set of circumstances well, that's led just, us to this. And we just passed the the 50-year mark of that. Yep. To your point, the celebration of the 50 years of Title IX. Has Billie Jean King spoke out on this yet? Uh, I'm not sure. Because she is the one. I mean, she is the, the torchbearer but the of Title IX. The lawmakers are going to step forward, and I think we'll see more and more of this. This is a no-brainer. And politics sometimes is taking blades of grass off the ground and throwing in the air and seeing which way the wind is blowing. And I believe, I believe that the reaction to this ultimately will show the White House to just cool it on this, and it's going to stop. I, I, I think, maybe I'm wrong, maybe there's a, a number of people out there that are fighting for you know Leah Thomas to go from men's swimming to women's swimming and to dominate and win national championships. I don't hear them. I just don't, I don't hear the logical, coherent arguments on that side of this debate. Right, and the 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 loudest people right now are on the other side. They're on the side of Riley Gaines, and they're on the side of Outkick, quite frankly, and other media outlets that are saying this. So for that reason, because it's so loud, I think this one that will this is one that will go away at least from the White House perspective pretty quickly. I hope, I hope they shut up about this because it's dumb. Coming up, John McClain joins us. The Houston Texans at pick number two, quarterback. Defense, trade out, and why not C.J. Stroud? We'll ask John all of that and more as we preview the NFL Draft straight ahead on Hotline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton and Withrow with you for Hot Mike. John McClain joins us as well. The hot topic is what is Houston going to do with pick number two? John McClain of gallerysports.com will try to provide some answers. John, how are you? Well, I'm doing great, and you're right. It would be answers, plural, because I'll be honest, I don't have a clue uh, what they're going to do. I think that uh, they like Tyree Wilson more than uh, Will Anderson Jr. as an edge rusher. My last mock draft is due on Wednesday. I'll turn it in, and right now I'm leaning toward Tyree Wilson with the second overall pick. And I believe that at number 12, they could trade back up for a quarterback. But if they have a shot at Hendon Hooker, I'm putting Hendon Hooker in there for the 12th pick. But I also think, and I'll tell you guys, I've talked to in the last week, and I try to wait as long as I can to not bother people I know too much. But I've asked um, two former head coaches or offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches, five in all, to tell me what they think about the quarterbacks besides Bryce Young. And four of the five really like Hendon Hooker. Think he's going in the first round. Think he's going to go higher than people think he is. And so I wouldn't have a problem if the Texans had him. Actually, at this point, the Texans are so desperate for a quarterback, I don't know how they could pass one up at two because once you pass one, you pass up four choices if they do that. And I got a feeling they're going to take a quarterback, but there's so much scuttlebutt about Tyree Wilson and an edge rusher. I'm going along with the scuttlebutt unless I hear something that makes me change my mind. But they cannot come out of the first round without a quarterback unless they think they're going to trade for Trey Lance. John, the okay, we mentioned Lance as part of this. Got to have a quarterback, and I'm with you. Like It's hard for me to wrap my head around how they don't draft a quarterback at the second overall pick. And we, we, we hit on this a bit last week, but if you don't take quarterback at two, it is a gamble that they can't afford to make regardless of what capital they have to move back into the top ten because you've got to love one guy more than the others. Even if that one guy's Bryce Young, you've got to have your guy. There can't just be some tiebreaker of whoever's left. And for that, I would draft my guy at number two. You can't make somebody fall in love. If they don't have somebody they're in love with it too, if they don't like any of the other four, you shouldn't take somebody. You know, you could, it's like at 12, you're trying to date them. At two, you're in love with them. And so you can't make them. So if they don't have anybody, Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan's, Think he's worth the second pick, take the edge rusher. But when you look at the quarterback's going to be an AFC, you're not going to have a chance to win unless you got a quarterback. Team's got great edge rushers like Miles Garrett. He's a great edge rusher. He's a first overall pick. He's as good as there is as an edge rusher. How many playoff games has he been in? How many times has he made the playoff? Once in six years. And I use that in a column I wrote today for uh, my 
uh, radio station website, sportsradio610.com, that uh, pointing this out, there's a lot of great position players who don't get in the playoffs. You have to get in a playoff a quarterback because the AFC is going to be loaded. I would love to see the AFC South get three of these quarterbacks, and I'll have them all of them go in at the same year going against Trevor Lawrence. So yesterday, Chad and I were discussing the odds makers in Vegas swapping and moving some of the some of the numbers where Will Levis is the odds on number two overall pick favorite right now behind Bryce Young, regardless of position. Um, one scenario you didn't throw out was Houston trading out of two. Are are they have you heard anything on Levis with Houston at number two? Oh yeah, I've heard Levis with Houston. Uh, I've not heard anybody else other than Levis. It's amazing to me that Will Levis has gone up without throwing a pass. Now, why is that? They go up in the eyes of the media and the NFL people in the media, who former NFL people in the media, you know, everybody spends so much time. They hear this, they hear that. I see people on TV saying, well, I talked to a bunch of teams and I'm going, yeah, right. I can't talk to a bunch of teams. So I guess you can talk to a bunch of teams because nobody's talking right now. Off the record, on the record, they're all so careful. And the Texans have done a great job because Nick Casario's put the clamps down, keeping that lid on it. And if they're going to take Will Levis, that's fine. If they trade out, who are they going to trade with? They're going to trade with Indy and have the chance that a quarterback is going to haunt them twice a year for maybe 10 years. That'd be pretty stupid. Although, if you've got footballs, you should think, well, I'm going to make the better decision. I'm going to coach them better. And it doesn't matter who I trade with, but I don't see them trading with Indianapolis. It's so interesting about the way the first five could fall. Starting here, Anthony Richardson could go to Seattle instead of Jalen Carter, with Carter going to Detroit. And uh, with Indy taking a quarterback, that would be three. And there are five. And so I can't wait to see how it falls out. But right now, just about anything's possible other than the Texans moving up. But that late report today about how Levis is closing in on the number one pick in Vegas uh, based on some Reddit post by an anonymous person that he's telling his family and they're telling people, um, I don't buy it. But wouldn't that be unbelievable if indeed the Panthers took Will Levis and Bryce Young fell into the Texans' laps, just dropped down like a gift from heaven. Well, and John, just like it's amazing how Will Levis has levitated since not throwing <laughs> a pass during this whole process, it's amazing to me to watch C.J. Stroud supposedly fall to this level. For a guy, the last time we saw him throwing a pass, he was driving Ohio State right down the field against Georgia to win the game, and his kicker missed a kick, or they're winning a national championship. Are you 100% buying that the Texans are completely out on C.J. Stroud, or is there a chance I am. you're buying no. that? I'm buying that, and I don't know why. I've talked to some people Let me change my it. mock draft uh, right now also. Tyler, NFL people, <laughs> and the NFL people say, of course, that has two cognition tests, which he scored 18, and Bryce Young had a 98, Will Levis a 93, that uh, – that works against him. But they also talked, 
Everybody looks at the Georgia game. Well, you could look at the Rose Bowl the year before when he didn't have Chris Olave and he didn't have Garrett Wilson. They opted out. And in the last game, he did have Jackson Smith and Jigba, who had over 300 yards, and he had a fantastic game. But they do put stock into every throw. What kind of throw was made? Where was it thrown? What kind of coverage? How did he adjust to coverage? I know everything we see on highlights, we don't see lowlights. You know, the NFL people watch every throw. So they see the good and the bad. Not every throw is perfect, of course. So that seems to be working against him, that it does work against him, that he had great receivers, that it was more because of them than him. I'm not buying it. I can buy the S2 cognition results. But uh, I hope he doesn't go beyond four. And he'd seen drop down. Um, in fact, the mock draft that I did on my podcast today with uh, Sean Pendergast, one of my co-hosts on Sports Radio 610, we do three podcasts a week. And we did a mock through 12. And we had Stroud dropping to the Titans, taking hmm. Titans taking Stroud and the Texans taking Hendon Hooker. And if Stroud fell at four, man, he'd be devastated and we'll never know the real reason, and uh, if indeed he falls past Indianapolis at four. So, by the way, C.J. Stroud threw for 573 yards and six touchdowns in Ohio State's win over Utah without all those receivers that everyone is giving him, saying that because of the receivers, he's so good. Uh, He set an Ohio State record in that bowl win in in that game. Um, I, I buy more, John, that there's something going on in meetings with teams with C.J. Stroud, there's something missing there maybe than anything with his on-field performance. But let's go through this scenario right now. Texans out on C.J. Stroud. Let's say that C.J. Stroud goes to someone. Anthony Richardson goes to Seattle, like, like you're saying could happen. Bryce Young goes number one. Will Levis goes to the Raiders. And the Titans take Hendon Hooker. So the Texans are sitting there at 12 and all the quarterbacks are gone. <laughs> and then they got to draft someone else. How does Nick Casario go back to the city of Houston and say, guys, all the excitement, all the buzz about a quarterback, forget about it. You got Davis Mills for another year. And we just drafted two other good players. How do you think that's going to play out with the Texans fan base? Well, first of all, he doesn't give a rat, you know, what about what the Texans fan base or the media thinks. He only worries about what the McNair family thinks. And, of course, he would explain it to him, and he would show him tape and everything. But I think maybe at 12, Stroud be good value at 12. And it's funny you mentioned that about something in the meetings. I remember Mike Lombardi. He does a podcast. Mike's been a general manager twice, and he's been in front offices more than that. And I saw a podcast he did two weeks ago in which he said he's hearing that Stroud has not been all that impressive in interviews. And his co-host said, well, why? He said, well, he seems like he's got all the answers. And uh, like he, I think he said like he knows everything. And I don't know what that means. I just saw it, filed it away. Uh, I haven't heard that anywhere else. So I don't know if it's true. I don't know if he heard it from media people or he heard it from NFL people, and maybe those NFL people uh, were not trustworthy. I'll tell you a great example right there in Nashville of a pre-draft report. The Oilers wanted Eddie George in 1996, and we knew they wanted him 
They didn't draft in a high where they knew he would come to them, but that's who they wanted. Right before the draft, it started to get out a couple of weeks before that Eddie had a shoulder injury and needed surgery on a torn for a torn labrum and would be out for the season. And besides that, he'd been to so many banquets after winning the Heisman, he gained a lot of weight. So the word was you were going to get an overweight, sore-shouldered Eddie George if you drafted him. Now, at the time, we figured some team above them, below them, was saying that. But uh, Floyd Reese, general manager, you know, he assured that's not the case. They had the best doctors in Texas going over him physically, and they had seen him, and no, he hadn't gotten fat. So Floyd traded down, and I went ballistic because I had Eddie going to him in my mock draft. But then he traded back up and got him. And, uh, of course, Eddie uh, was in better shape physically than anybody I've ever seen. And I don't know if he had shoulder surgery late in his career, but he certainly didn't have it coming into the league. And he was NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year for the Oilers. John, which – which of the pre-draft drama are you just not buying? Um, is it that Anthony Richardson could fall? Is it that Hendon Hooker could go as the third quarterback? He could be, you know, a, a team's trading into the top five to get him before Indy tries to draft someone. Like, where where does the drama actually settle down for you? And you're like, come on, like this is getting this is beginning to be a, t- a bit too much. Well, Will Levis going to be the first pick, which came out today that he's. Closing in on Bryce Young, which means maybe tomorrow he's pulled equal, and on Thursday he's moved past him. Uh, that's the one I don't buy at all. If indeed it is based on that anonymous post on Reddit, and could be more than that. A lot of times, Vegas, you know, they they're they're pretty close. I remember all of a sudden, Baker Mayfield was the favorite to be taken number one overall. We're like, what? What Baker Mayfield, he's not supposed to go number one overall. And then he did to Cleveland. John Dorsey drafted him. I've seen other instances where late Kyler Murray, nobody wanted Kyler Murray first overall. Then Kings, Cliff Kingsbury got hired and they tried to keep it a secret. And then Vegas had it first that Kyler Murray was the favorite to go there to play for Cliff Kingsbury. So I can't imagine it would just be based on that, because we're talking about a lot of money being involved. Mattress Mac explained to me today when we did our weekly video on gallerysports.com that he's been behind the scenes in Vegas, of course, with all the money he bets. And he said there's a huge room, bigger than his dining room, on his showroom floor, with just tables and tables of people that were on websites scouring every possible website, message board for every morsel of information that they could get. And that's how they end up setting odds. So he thought it was strange, but as he pointed out, that is how they do it. But on the other hand, they're usually pretty accurate. What did you uh, make of the details of the Rogers trade to New York from Green Bay? I thought it's preposterous people saying one side won, the other one didn't. We don't know jack squat about how how he's going to play, how long he's going to play, how much they're going to win. 
what the Packers are going to do with those draft choices. They swapped two spots this year. I remember when Adam Schefter first reported, he said they get a number one pick this year, and instead of saying they swap first-round picks this year, which he did eventually, so they swapped two spots this year. That'll What those guys turn out to be will be important. Next year, you got to figure he's going to play 65% of the plays because he's been very durable almost all of his career. And uh, if he's having fun, he's not going to just play one year. Mm -hmm. He said before, not the last couple of years, that he would like to play into his 40s. Well, they could get him three or four years. And so if they win, if they go to the Super Bowl, if they win a Super Bowl, but one thing to keep in mind, he didn't have that good of a season. Last time he didn't have that good of a season, they drafted Jordan Love and he won MVP back-to-back. But last year, they just didn't think he was all in. He needs to make sure he's at the off-season program to tell everybody he's all in. But uh, he's six and seven in the playoffs with three consecutive championship game losses since they won a Super Bowl in 2010. Yet there's a lot of people, oh, my goodness, the Jets are going to the Super Bowl. Ah, They need to put the brakes on that because there are some other great quarterbacks and great teams in the AFC. John, I think the Falcons are pretty interesting in that top 10 at number eight. And I am curious if there's any quarterback that could fall that would compel them to draft quarterback at number eight and do away with the Desmond Ritter plan, even though they're they're publicly very high on Desmond Ritter. If there was a surprise quarterback to drop out of that top five, could you see a scenario where the Falcons would think quarterback with that pick? Absolutely. They, uh, I don't think for a minute that they're going to go with Desmond Ritter as their starter after seeing him part of one year, because what we saw certainly didn't make us go, wow. You know, that guy, he's the man. He's a dude. And uh, I don't think so. So I think they've kept it quiet. I think if Hendon Hooker, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, any of those guys dropped, they would be a candidate for Arthur Smith. Now, in my mock draft, the last one and this final one, that's my official one that'll be up on Wednesday, um, I'm having B. John Robinson go there because he is – perhaps the safest prospect, a great running back who's tough and he's durable and he's a great receiver. And we've seen what Arthur Smith can do with a great running back. And I don't want to hear about Tyler Algiers. He barely got over a thousand yards. He's not a good receiver. Robinson is a tremendous receiver. There's a lot of people in Houston who think if he were there at 12 and they don't have a quarterback they like, Take B. John Robinson, that'd give you three running backs uh, because they signed Devin Singletary, the Bills starter, the last three and a half years. But Robinson is such a special player that he can line up wide, go in the slot, start in motion and go out. No linebacker can cover him. If you get a good good coach, like, say, Kyle Shanahan, who really knows how to use his players, a guy like that, like Arthur Smith, I think he'd do a tremendous job with Bijan Robinson. Yeah, imagine him in Philly too. Yeah, they don't want to see him replacing Miles Garrett in Dallas, New York, and Washington. That's for sure. Yeah, John McClain with us. You can follow him on social at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. 
GallerySports.com is where you can get the uh, the official and final mock draft from him tomorrow. John, final thing on the way out: Is there a surprise team to you in this draft? And and a unpre- it's, everything's unpredictable, but a wild card team that could show some movement with players on their roster, or just being aggressive and surprising us all with what happens in the top ten. I saw one report that said Minnesota wanted to trade up to number two, and I'm thinking you can only give up your number one picks for three years. What in the world is Minnesota going to be able to move up from the 20s to number two? There's no way. I don't care what quarterback they wanted. They'd be better off trying to trade up twice. So I don't buy it at all. But Kirk Cousins is in the last year of his contract. You know, they might be if Hendon Hooker were down there. A lot of mock drafts have Hooker go into them, but I think Hooker is going to be gone before. One thing I'll point out, people talk about the offense he played with Josh Heupel reading at the field. That's not because of him. That's because of the system, and he mastered it. He also starred at Virginia Tech. You don't hear anybody talking about what he did there when he was in a different offense. So I don't think Hooker will be there, but I think if indeed he were there for Minnesota, he'd be an ideal candidate to draft give him a season, let Cousins walk, get him on a rookie contract, and it might be a really good deal for the Vikings. But I think he's going to be long gone. And what are the odds, John, that in in regards to the top 10, we see quarterbacks fall, that we see maybe – we're going to see one, maybe two, and not the four that have been discussed for the last several months. Not not a drop like we saw last year by any means, but the hype doesn't match what we see on paper on Friday morning. No, somebody like Hooker could drop. A guy like Stroud could drop. You know, people keep talking about Levis, and I'm no expert. I go by what people tell me and what I read and watch and listen to from people I respect. And I can't find anybody like you guys who follows the SEC as real high on Will Levis. If yeah. y'all know somebody, tell me who it is. But the NFL at this time of the year, it's all about arm strength. It's all about being physical and size. When you get in the league, it's about decision-making and accuracy. And even though he got his degree at Penn State, and I think he's about to get his master's, and he scored 93 on that S2 cognition test, he still had too many interceptions and accuracy issues. So the only reason I think he's moving up, people must have watched on the clock about the Manning Family Passing Academy where he's on there. And they're never going to say anything bad about anybody. And you'd think every quarterback they have, they have all of them but C.J. Stroud. But the first four, you'd think they're all going first overall. They're so positive about it. I don't even think Kentucky people are that high on him right now. I mean, honestly, (laughs) people who covered Kentucky aren't rushing to his defense as the number one overall pick or a top prospect. John, uh, the the Reddit account user was Mel Kuyper. (laughs) He is – Will Levis's uh, biggest cheerleader, yep. but I'll tell you somebody else is that website, the thirty third team. It's 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 free. It's no paywall, and it's all former NFL personnel, people, scouts. They've got Vikings GM Rick Spielman, former GM Bill Polian. and they have all these people watching film and talking about these people, and I really respect them. They have Levis as their top rated quarterback, number three on their board. John will have the final mock for him out tomorrow. John, thank you as always. It's always a great time to chat NFL, but this week, I mean, they've 
They know how to manufacture the hype, man. We'll we'll recap it with you next week. I can't wait. Jonathan and Chad like y'all enjoy the draft. Thank you very much. Same to you. John McClain with us weekly here on the show. Uh, again, gallerysports.com for more there. Chad, coming up, quarterback on the move, entering the portal, and the Alabama Crimson Tide being linked because, well, they need a quarterback. That's next on Hot Mike. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Coming up, we have unpopular draft opinions that we are high on, that we believe will happen in the NFL draft. That's coming up in roughly 15 minutes or so. Charlie Arnott will join us as well in hour number three. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. Chet, Alabama and Nick Saban. I think we've already known this, but spring game's complete, and they need a quarterback. They need a they need a QB. Spring game is complete and their quarterback room is incomplete. Feels very incomplete. And uh, there may be a quarterback available for them that ties in with Tommy Reese. Four interceptions between Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson in their A Day game. Not a lot of production. Nick Saban was very blunt when asked and said, I mean, I guess these guys have an advantage because they know the offense because they've been there. But we need guys who have to ask themselves, are we playing winning football? When asked about the quarterbacks. So that told me, told me all I need to know about what they want and what Nick Saban wants, and he wants another quarterback. And now Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame is in the transfer portal, immediately leading everyone to speculate he will reunite with Tommy Reese, his former offensive coordinator, in Tuscaloosa and play for Alabama. But Hugh Freeze is saying, not so uh-huh. fast, my friend. It appears that Tyler Buckner is interested in taking visits to Auburn and Alabama. So as our buddy SEC Mike, I saw him tweet, he said, I'm really into this iron bowl of transfer portal right now between Alabama and Auburn for Tyler Buckner at this point. How could you not, if, if, if everything's cool with coach and player, how could you not just go from Notre Dame to Alabama and instantly jump in and know the offense and the terminology? I'll tell you why, because you think Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson are better than the two guys they have at Auburn right now, and you're sure you're going to start at Auburn, and you're not positive you're going to start at Alabama. Mm, but that, that would be why. If you, you just gave me a re- – or, you know, that he's not as in love with, with uh, Tommy Rees as we think. You know, but that that could be misleading. The other, also. the other thing that's interesting too about Bama is if if we've all thought this about this quarterback crop that they've got right now, why haven't they done something about it sooner than now? Isn't that also odd? well? They've got uh, a pair of one four star and one five star freshmen that they have. I mean, they they still recruit you know top end yeah, quarterbacks they, that are on the roster. But they've always had that next guy that's just jumping right in and I mean they've never been afraid of guys leaving. Well, if you believe certain uh, rumors out there and reports, they offered Drake May a ton of money to transfer in this past offseason and he said no and stayed at uh, at North Carolina. There was that huge offer that was reported 
Yeah, and everyone immediately linked Alabama to that offer. Yeah, it was Alabama and A&M, right? Yeah. That we were discussing. Um, well, they're going to get their chance now. Um, yes, I, I mean, I thought they'd probably add after last season. This is yeah. now the second transfer window, though, where they know for sure what they have at quarterback based on spring competition and Tommy Reese's offense. And it looks like what they have is insufficient. So I guess, I mean, and also like, they wanted to make sure that the OC was settled Right. Yeah. As they got that done. And well, then, they want to see how these quarterbacks responded to Tommy Reese and his offense also throughout a spring practice. And it's it's apparently not good. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> I, I think it makes too much sense. But isn't that fun if it comes down to Alabama and Tyler yes. Buckner could start at Auburn or Alabama and picking between the two. Yes. After I mean after what was a crazy finish for Notre Dame. Right with the coaching change yeah. and every for him to end up at either spot and not not just play. See, I would go and, and try to go win. That's the other thing too. He can go make one decision and go win a championship. Well, if he wants to go win, go to Alabama. Yeah, and play. I mean, if, that, if that's a decision, yeah, you you go there. If things are that bad, um, where there's no consistency, jump in and be consistent for the coach that you know. But I mean. Hugh Freeze is also very very quarterback-friendly, Jack. And I don't think Alabama and Auburn will be the only SEC teams that want Buckner. Maybe Ole Miss. There could be other quarterbacks. Why not four? Four Four, four four-stars somewhere else. That's what Lane Kiffin's asking. Coming up, we'll have headlines, and we'll give you our unpopular NFL draft opinions that we are sold on. That's next on Hot Mike. 